Thank you, hon. Well, this morning I want to talk about vision for 2020. So, Dale, you're going to have to move the slide forward or two. He's working on it. And uh, I was uh, watching a movie with my father-in-law who was here with us over Christmas, and he, he picked a movie out called Space Cowboys. I don't know how many of you have seen the movie, but um, it stars uh, Clint Eastwood and Bobby Lee Jones. Is that his name? Tommy Lee Jones, who plays on, uh, um, plays on the Alien movie, too. So, but um, it's one part that's really funny is that they have to do an eye test because these old guys have been invited to or somehow qualified to go up into space. They were trained their whole lives to be astronauts and never got to do it. Here they are in their 60s, and for some reason, they're the only ones that are available to go up and, and take care of a space mission. And so here's these four old guys, and uh, they, they, uh, they're in the doctor's office, and they have to read from the eye chart. And what's funny is that um, all of them can't see very well, and they've all memorized the eye chart. So one after another, they get up there, and they put their hand across, and they read all the letters from the top all the way to the bottom, and, uh, and then they tease one another. And I thought it was really fun. This whole concept of 2020 vision, it's actually developed around 1854 or something somewhere in there. It's been around a long time. It's just a way of measuring how good our vision is, how healthy our vision is. And if you have 2020 vision, does that mean you have perfect vision? It's not actually perfect. Because if you've got 2015 vision or 2010 vision, You've actually got eagle eye vision or hawk eye vision. 2020 is what's considered good vision so that you can see distances without things being distorted and you can see up close without things being distorted. How many people here have got 2020 vision still? Anybody? Well, we've got a bunch of people that do. That's great. I wish I had it. I had great vision for many years and then it started going downhill when I was in my 30s. So this. I want to talk about vision for a little bit. Vision is the ability to see in your mind's eye. I'm not talking about physical vision, okay? I'm talking about spiritual vision or vision in the sense of uh, uh, being able to see, in our, see our lives, okay? It's the ability to see in your mind's eye what you desire to happen in your future. If you've got your note paper with you this morning, I encourage you to Turn it over and, and jot down a few answers to some of the questions I'm going to ask you. So again, to have personal vision is to be able to say, I can visualize what I want to see happen in the days ahead. And we're talking particularly this year. So what is the vision that I have for 2020. What is it that I want to see happen, that I can picture happening that has not yet happened in my life? People with vision are the ones that see things actually happen, okay? I know a young man who, who is seeing himself getting married in April. He's related to someone in this congregation. And so he is working really hard to put money aside 
and get ready to get married. Remember that, Leo? <laughs> There's a man who's been working very, very hard for the last couple of years, getting ready to get married. And we're glad you're back from your honeymoon safe and sound. Welcome back. I know another young man who is hoping to go into business for himself. And he's currently working two jobs, saving up, getting himself in position to buy into a business. I know a young lady who sees herself becoming a licensed and then an ordained minister, Pastor Sarah. Pastor Sarah is taking classes every quarter to finish her degree. You don't see it because she's doing it all at home. She's working hard because she has vision to be a licensed and an ordained minister. I have some vision to be able to actually go hunting with my dad and my brothers in the fall. How many of you know that takes a little bit of preparation, especially if they want to go hunting in Colorado where my brother lives? That's called out-of-state expense. When we were about, I guess about 10, 11 years ago, my dad went to a, a hunting exposition, hunting and fishing exposition, and he called me up. I was living in Oregon, and he said, guess what? I went to the hunting expo, and uh, I bought tickets for us to all go moose hunting in Canada together. And I went, wow, that's wonderful, Dad. And then he said, you owe me $5,000 to pay for your portion. It's a guided hunt on horseback for 10 days. And I just about dropped my jaw. And, and he said, but it's okay. You've got a year and a half to get it together. <laughs> so I had vision going to Canada and hunting a moose. I should have put the picture up there of the moose. I got the antlers are in the kids' Calvary kids' wing if you want to go look at the moose antlers. But we saved and scrimped and saved and scrimped and finally ended up putting a little bit on the credit card and uh, managed to do it. It was the most wonderful event to hunt with my three brothers and uh, had an incredible time with my father. Because my dad's getting to that point where he can't do that anymore. But if you don't have vision, nothing happens. Just the same old, same old. Proverbs 20:19, Solomon says, where there's no vision, the people are unrestrained. Literally, it means the people just go back to what they were doing. Isn't that true? You don't have vision for something happening. You don't have any motivation to change anything. Chris Valentin is known for making this quote, and I don't know where it originated with him. But he says, vision gives pain or discomfort a purpose. Have you guys noticed how buff Francisco's looking? Come on, raise your, raise your arm. Come on. He can barely do it. He's so muscle-bound. I don't know if he can salute. So he's been working out really hard. And recently, we, we, we were... Brooke was asking, why are you doing this so much? And he goes, well, I'm actually thinking of competing. And, and it was Brooke, Brooke said, now I understand. He's going through all that pain and suffering because he has a vision. He's got a goal. He wants to do something. 
And so he's paying the price now. He's enduring the discomfort and the suffering now because he wants to see something happen. How about you? You got any vision for this year? How do you make your vision become a reality? I want to share um, five quick steps. There are five things that have to happen. And um, they make an acronym called RADPA, which I thought was easier to remember. We have, in order for our vision to become a reality, we have to, first of all, we have to reflect or remember. Secondly, we have to assess or, or evaluate what it is we remembered. Third, we have to dream. Fourth, we have to plan. And fifth, we have to act. So let's look at these. These are all very, very biblical steps to take, biblical things to do. So reflect. And I want to just say that I'm not talking so much about your financial vision or your relational vision with your family. Pardon? Oh, thank you. I do that. Loaded. <laughs> I'm not talking about your vision at work. Although these things all apply. They really do. They apply to every area of your life. I really want to talk about your spiritual lives. Because you only got so many years on this earth, and then you're going to be in eternity or eternity. Hopefully you'll be in heaven, the same eternity with me, because of Jesus. And so your spiritual life is actually the most important thing that you can have vision for. I think it was um, a famous missionary who said that no man is a fool who gives up now what he, what he cannot lose to gain what he'll never lose or to give up what he can't hold on to to gain what he'll never lose. Everything we have in this earth, Jesus says, moth is going to corrupt and rust is going to destroy. Everything, all our, all our money, all our material things, they're all going to crumble. But what we sow and invest in heavenly things will last forever. And it will make all the difference in how we live in eternity, I believe, too. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will be added to you. In other words, God's saying, if you put me first, I'll take care of your needs. You will never have to worry about your food, your clothing, your housing. If you put me first and put my kingdom, my values first. That's something we have to continue to remember. So let's look at these. First of all, we have to reflect back on this last year. This, At least I'm considering just this last year. Brooke and I do this every year. And we uh, have done this for <laughs> almost since we were first married. We go back on the last week of the year or the beginning of the first week of the new year, first couple days. We sit down with a calendar. And, then, and this year we had actually, Brooke had made three-by-five cards and we, she recorded kind of a, the basic whatever major thing was we did for every single day of the year. But most people don't do that on 3x5 three by five, three by five cards. <laughs> I went through that stack of 365 3x5 cards that talked about everything we did throughout the whole year. I was amazed at how much I forgot. 
But most people do note things on their phone or their calendar, their appointments and the things that are coming up that they want to remember to do. And so we almost all of us have the capacity to reflect, to look back on 2019 and say, this is what happened. The good, the bad, and the ugly. This is what happened. And that's really important. It's very biblical to do that. If you, if you know anything about rowing, when a person's rowing a boat, where are they looking? Behind them, right? Now, they periodically look forward. But actually, seeing where they're coming from helps guide them toward the destination they want to go to. You ever thought about that? Part of the way that you're going to know what to get, how to get vision for your life is to look behind you and see what God's been speaking to you, to see what you really loved, and to see what you hated and really want to change. In Revelation 2, verse 5, Jesus says, remember. Remember. So you can repent, make course corrections, and go forward. And in 2 Peter 1, 9, he says, look back and don't forget what God has done in your life, what he's saving you from and saved you from and what he's been doing in your life. And so it's really important to reflect, especially on the spiritual things that God did. So how many of you have a calendar on your phone or your house? Okay. You can actually sit down with your significant other whoever that is, brother, sister, child, whoever, wife, husband, sit down and talk about this last year if you haven't done that already. And the second thing you start to do after you do that is you assess, you evaluate what happened in 2019. Plato says the unexamined life is not worth living. What he's saying is if you don't look deeply at how you've been living, and see what needs to change, you're wasting your life. So what goals did you have in 2019? How did you do in achieving them? Do you remember a year ago what resolutions you made in January of 2019? How'd you do? We had, Brooke and I had, have been doing the Daily Audio Bible, and we made a goal at 2019 to listen to the whole Bible day by day, each portion together, having coffee around the table. And we did the whole year. Now, we didn't, there were days we missed that we had to catch up. But not, I don't think it ever got more than about four or five. <laughs> and when we go on road trips, we do a lot of listening, so. But, so I'm excited. I actually kept a resolution. That's like 5%, maybe, of all the resolutions I've made. The eating resolution didn't happen. I'm sorry. 2020, got a brand new chance, right? So thirdly, is, is that we have to dream. We have to dream. So after you've sat down and you've looked over 2019, you've, you've assessed it, you've evaluated it, you've talked about it, Oh, I forgot the verses for that. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Paul says, examine yourselves or evaluate yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. To see if you're really hitting on all four, or if you have a four-banger, all four cylinders. 
If you have a V8, all eight cylinders. Test yourselves, he says. Check yourself. Check your spiritual oil. Is it clean or is it needing a change? And then Proverbs 22, 3, I love this. A prudent man foresees the difficulties ahead and prepares for them. The simple person goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. How many of you have seen the videos of the person that's got their cell phone in front of them and they're walking along and they hit a light pole or a telephone pole and it knocks them out? I think that's the funniest thing because I've done it. I haven't hit the, I haven't been knocked out. I saw one where this lady, she was walking along with her cell phone and she hit a railing and went down into a basement. They had to take her out on a stretcher. The simple just walk right into it. But it says a prudent or a wise person sees down the road, sees things are changing, sees that there's trouble coming, and they make a plan. They prepare for it so that that thing which they see coming down the road isn't going to destroy them, isn't going to damage them. How many of you uh, are old enough to remember Sears and Roebuck catalogs? Anybody? Yeah. Sears and Roebuck did not look down the road when the computer er computer era started, did it? Did they? So they didn't know, they didn't see or perceive trouble coming. That everybody was going to start buying their stuff from Amazon or online or from Google or whoever, and stop buying from their stores. And so they went out of business. Now you order an old Sears Roku cal calendar because it's an antique. Same thing happened with remember cameras. Besides phone cameras, there used to be things that were called cameras. Single lens, reflex, so on. 35 millimeter. Some of us are feeling really old. And uh, Kodak did not see the digital revolution coming, did they? They didn't make that curve. They're barely alive today. Their stock went from way up here to way down there because they didn't see trouble coming and prepare for it. So we are challenged. We are challenged not just to look back and assess and evaluate, but to look forward and to, and to go to the Lord and say, Lord, how do I prepare for what's coming? How many of you know that politically and stability-wise, our world's in a pretty rough, fragile shape right now? This new situation with Iran, I don't know if that's going to turn into anything. But Samantha's son has got friends that have just been shipped to Iraq. And he could be next. We don't know. We keep, keep, keep Tyler in prayer. He's still got boot camp and training to finish. But trouble may be coming. Are we ready to survive tough times? Jeremiah said, if you can't even do well when everything is at peace, what are you going to do when things really get bad? And so now is the time to set, have vision to develop the foundations that you need to survive tough times. Now is the time to work on that. And, and it's a very practical thing. Any one of our leaders here would be glad to help you make some choices and choose some things that you can do to strengthen yourself and your walk with God and your life in general and your finances 
strengthen them, those things, so that when trials come, they won't bury you, but you'll actually ride that like a person surfs on the waves. So the third one is we need to dream what we want to see happening. We, want to, we need to dream. This is a fun thing to do with somebody that you are close to. What do I want to see happen in 2020? And again, I'm speaking sp- specifically here. What do I want to see happen in my spiritual life in 2020? What do I want to be looking like when I get done? Do I want to be buff like Francisco but spiritually? Or do I want to look like pastor with the sag around the middle spiritually? Eating too much and not doing enough with it, right? When you dream, you should take those things that you thought about in 2019, the things that that you look back on and go, I wish that had never happened, I hated that, and the things that you, the regrets you have, I wish I had done that. Now you can dream and you can actually begin to plan, and that's our next step, but you can take those things, you've got to start with a dream before you can plan for it, okay? And so the question for you with this, on this point is, what do I want God to do in my life? What do I want my spiritual life to look like over this next year? Am I just going to accept that it's miserable and leave it the same way it's been? Or just kind of bumping along? Or am I going to actually do something to change, to prepare myself for what might be coming down the pipe? As well as to give my life as an offering to God because He's worthy of everything, all my heart and mind, soul and strength. Third step. Planning. I love this quote, and Jonathan quoted it yesterday. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Did you hear that? If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. If you don't do any planning, nothing's going to happen. Status quo. What they say about the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Good intentions. That means doesn't say good actions, good intentions. You talked about it and never did it. I love this verse in James 5. Look here, you who say, today or tomorrow, we're going to go to a certain town and stay there a year. We're going to do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. What you ought to say is, If the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. So the question here is, when you're planning, are you including God in your plans? Are you saying, Lord, this is what I have vision to do in 2020, Is this what you want me to do? Or have you got a better idea? The Lord can certainly speak to us of His plans. In Proverbs 16.3, we read, Commit your works to the Lord, and your plans will be established. You want your plans actually to turn out, you've got to work with God on them. You've got to put Him first, and you've got to walk with Him to see that happen and become a reality. So when you think about the dreams that you have for 2020, Those dreams won't just automatically happen, will they? 
I was talking, was it John? Yeah, we were talking yesterday morning about people that have plans and maybe they even got prophetic words from the Lord. This is what I'm going to do in your life. But then they never did anything to partner with God to see that come true. If God gives you a prophetic word about what you're going to be down the road, if you don't participate with Him and walk with Him in the journey of that, it's not going to happen. I see people go, well, the prophecy must have been a, a lie, must have been a deception, must have been from the enemy because it never happened. And I asked them, well, what did you do? Did you pray with the Lord about it and talk about it? What steps did you take? Oh, I didn't do anything. Well, how can you blame God then? God will work with us if we're willing to work with Him. So what dreams do you have that need plans in 2020? You need to write those down. They're not just going to happen by themselves. And then number, number five, yeah, last one, we have to act. We have to act. We must move beyond talking about it to doing it. I love this. In Matthew 7, 21, Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Brooke is a person that always tells me, I don't watch what you say. I look to see what you actually do. That tells me what you really believe. I hate that. Because I'm really good with the words. But not so good with the follow-through sometimes. And so she goes, she, I say, honey, well, I'm never going to do that again. She goes, okay, we'll see what happens. I'll watch, see what you actually do. And I hate that because it convicts me. I must not be the only one. I can hear the laughter. So Jesus is the same way. He says, I'm not going to just listen to the people that are telling me, oh, you're my Lord, you're my Lord. My sweet Lord. That John. Is that George Harrison? I'm sorry. But he's looking to see what we choose, what we do. That tells him more than anything where our hearts really are. I love Job 15.3. The wise don't engage in empty chatter. What good are such words? And then Matthew 25. Jesus says that there's a judgment at the end of time and which we will all stand before the Lord, and he's going to ask us some questions. And one of the questions he's going to ask us is how we treated the people around us. And he says, he says to a group of people that he has all the people in the world before him, and he has a group that he calls and says, um, you, come on up, you're going to enter into my Father's kingdom because when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was in prison, you visited me. When I was sick, you prayed for me. I'm kind of interpreting the verse as we go. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was naked, you gave me clothes. And those people will say to Jesus, oh, when did we do that to you, Jesus? And he'll say, when you did it to the least, one of the least of these, my brothers or sisters, you did it to me. Who are the least of these, my brothers and sisters? They're the people next to you, the people in our community, the people that God brings into your life. Remember when, the, when they asked Jesus, who's my neighbor, Jesus? He, t he told them the parable of the Good Samaritan. Who was the Good Samaritan's neighbor? It was the guy that broke down in front of him. He, the guy, he didn't know that guy from Adam. In fact, he was a different race. 
The Samaritan was somebody the Jews hated. The Samaritan came across a Jew who hated him, or at least most of the Jews did, and the guy had been beaten up, and he helped him. Jesus answered. That was the answer to, to the question the Pharisees asked Jesus. Who's my neighbor? So Jesus has said to these people, you're, you're people who actually helped the least of these. And then he takes the other half of the people and he says, you, you're going to go down to the other kingdom. You're not going to be in my kingdom. You're goats spiritually because you didn't take care. You didn't clothe me when I was naked. You didn't feed me when I was hungry. You didn't give me something to drink when I was thirsty. You didn't visit me in prison. You didn't help me when I was sick. And they will say to the Lord, Lord, when didn't we ever do that to you? He said, when you did not do it to the least of these, my brothers, sisters. You see, doing is really the ultimate criteria of whether we believe. It's how our actions demonstrate our faith. And so this year, the Lord's looking for us and what we do. And so if you have plans and you take your plans to the Lord and you really believe that's what God wants you to do, now again, I'm speaking primarily of your spiritual life. Are you going to attend a Sunday school class? Are you going to be involved in a Bible study? Are you going to read through the Scripture this year? Are you going to take time to pray and talk to God? Are you going to share your faith with any neighbors? Are you even going to meet your neighbors? Are you going to deal with your pornography issue? Are you going to deal with your pride or your, your greed issue? Are you going to take a financial course so you can be a better steward? There's so many things you can do. But unless you dream and plan and actually act, it'll just be empty words. So this morning, as I close, I want to just review these steps again and ask you to answer each of these questions sometime this week. Take a pen out, a pencil out. Take this piece of paper home. Make copies if you need copies and answer these questions. When I look behind me in 2019, what do I see? Again, primarily talking about my spiritual life. What do I hate? What, do, what makes me shamed? ashamed? What makes me excited? What, do I, what did I actually do that was good? Evaluate that. That's the second thing. So, so at first you look back. The second one, you evaluate it or assess it. The third thing you do is you dream. Take some time. I just, John challenged us at our men's group yesterday morning. He gave everybody a piece of paper. He said, I want you to write down the vision you have for 2020 in different areas of your life. So I wrote down a bunch of different, I wrote five or six categories down. Vision for my marriage, vision for my personal life, vision for my health, vision for my uh, job, vision for my uh, Bible reading, things like that. And um, I started to write things down that I really want to pursue. So you got to dream. So what are you dreaming of? That's the question you got to answer this week. And then, what does it take to make my dream reality? You got to plan. You got to have plans. You got to have steps to take. You got to make a commitment to step into it. If you don't commit to it, it's not going to happen. How many people in here, and I'm asking you to be honest because I'm guilty too, have bought a membership in an athletic club, exercise club, and then watched the bill come in month by month and you didn't go. 
Man, some of you guys are impressive. How come you don't look like Francisco? No, just kidding. He's really easy to tease. He's a good sport. Thank you, brother. I owe you lunch or something, okay? <laughs> I love that. Uh, what's that? What's that? What's that open-faced taco thing that we order? Navajo taco. That's really good. Okay, I got to work on the eating thing, remember? So, what is it you're dreaming about that you got to make plans? And are you willing to make the commitment to actually make a plan and start doing it and acting on it? Which is the last question. What, what's the first step I'm going to take? Okay, let's pray and let's give the Holy Spirit a chance to speak to us. Yep. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would help us. You'd remind us things you've been speaking to us about that need to change, things new, new things you want to do in our lives. Lord, maybe there's questions that we realize we've been asking that we have not made a step to actually answer. Maybe there's questions about you, things that we want to know that we've just kind of not done anything about. Lord, help us to remember the things that you want us to begin to move towards in 2020. Lord, help us to really be honest with ourselves as we evaluate our past year and say, boy, that really sucked. <laughs> I need to change. i got to do something before it kills me or whatever it is. Help us to be honest, Lord. Thirdly, Lord, help us to dream. And not just dream our own dreams, but really dream with you. And to ask you, Holy Spirit, to come alongside of us and impart your dreams for us. Maybe you're asking some of us to dream a little bit bigger than we've been dreaming. Maybe you're asking some of us to dream some big dreams. Help us not to be afraid of that because if you're speaking those things, it means you're going to empower us to fulfill those things. And then, Lord, help us to sit down and really count the cost. What is it going to take for me to see this vision come to pass, this dream? What is it going to take, Lord, in the way of planning, the steps that it will take. You talk a lot, Jesus, about counting the cost. Help us to be honest with ourselves. But help us not be afraid of a dream that's big when it's coming from you. And then finally, Lord, what's that first step? I got to put it on the calendar. I got to send in the money. I got to, whatever it is, God, help me to be willing to make that commitment so that change begins. Otherwise, this year's going to go by and we'll roll around the next year and I'm going to look back with regret and shame and go, I just, I just didn't do anything. You're calling us forward, Lord. You're calling us, not just forward, you're calling us to prepare for the things that are coming upon this earth. Days when the hearts of men will fail them for fear Jesus tells us. Or look up for your redemption draws near. It can be those kind of days for us. Days when we are built upon a, a rock and not on sand. Lord, I pray for your people that you put a hunger in them to become strong, deeply rooted 
people who have a rock foundation because it's built on you. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for just the sweet communion we had with you. We thank you for your word, and we ask that you'd be with us as we go. We love you, Jesus. We give you 2020. Give us 2020 vision, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, but again, if you'd have any need for prayer, we have a team of people that will be up front here to pray for you. And please come up and be prayed for. Have a wonderful afternoon.